Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. We have Takara coming on the podcast. Finally, <laughs> we've had some <laughs> schedule conflicts, but um, she is finally here to share her birth story. So thank you so much for being willing to share your story. Oh yeah, for sure. So starting off, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay. So before being pregnant, um, so I lived in Oregon for like 23 years. And then I moved to Ohio uh, two years ago and I met my husband like right off the bat. So um, we did a lot of competitive CrossFit. Um, So we met at the gym and then I was like, we should work out together and everything else has been history. Um, And then we got married, let's see, a little over a year ago, May 28th last year. So, um, I mean, I guess we met during Corona times, so we had plenty of time to hang out together. Yes. <laughs> lots of one-on-one. Did. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, really like we're super, I mean, I guess I would say we were super active, um, <laughs> until we had our baby. Um, and so that's really like what we did. And, um, and then when I got pregnant, it changed a little bit, obviously the, the flow of life, but, um, yeah, that's kind of what we did for fun, but. What part of Ohio are you in? Um, I'm in Mansfield. So an hour away from Columbus or Cleveland, both ways. Okay. I'm from, I don't know if you knew this. I'm from Toledo originally. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I listen to many of your podcasts. We'll actually be in Columbus next weekend. My sister lives. um, They actually just bought a house. Uh, It's like they live right now. Mm, right outside of down, like right in the heart of Columbus, but they just bought a okay. house a little bit, I think North of Columbus. So we're going to oh, stay cool. with them for a little bit. Columbus is awesome. It's so fun. And the food is so good there. Yes. <laughs> I, I will from, say like, a big town to here. It was like, Whoa, super small. Yes. Nothing to eat. <laughs> yes. There but, is a lot of good food. Um, there's a Mediterranean place downtown. We're totally off topic, but Mediterranean <laughs> place downtown on North high street, you've got to go to. Oh, really? Um, oh, that's awesome. I don't remember what it's called though, unfortunately, but I'll find out and let you know. Yeah. Um, find out. <laughs> anyways. So tell me about finding out you were pregnant. Was it planned? Were y'all trying or was it kind of a surprise? Yeah. So, um, so I was really into competitive CrossFit. And so because of that, like I, I did no birth control because for me, it completely changes like my makeup, like the way that I feel like the way that my body performs everything. So, um, so I had been, tracking like just with like the thermometer for a while so it's like how I've been birth control and honestly that's great if you don't know about it you should spend the time to know about it's, it I have a whole <laughs> podcast on it I love it yeah it's so good yeah it's amazing so um I actually got injured and so I was like in boots for a while and so I was like well um I stopped having like my menstrual cycle completely just because I was working out so much and so um when I kind of slowed down with working out I was like, okay, well, this could be a good opportunity because things are going to start to regulate. And um, so we tried our first month and that didn't work out. And then our second month I was pregnant and I was like, it's so super easy. We were super blessed on that front for sure. Um, And so I was like, I think I did like, I did so many pregnancy tests. Like, you know, there's like hundred box ones you can get on Amazon. That was me. Like, (laughs) 
That's most of us. Yeah, for real. So I was doing them like constantly. And then it was like probably like three days before I was supposed to even get my period. And I was like, guess what? So that's how we found out. Yeah. Yeah. I even like saved mine and like had like, I think I still have, you know, yeah. I know. I think I like recently threw mine away actually when I like did some deep cleaning, but I was like, this is disgusting. I literally have like, (laughs) and I actually had them. (laughs) This is so embarrassing. I literally had them like taped to a piece of computer paper in a row with like the dates on them. And I'm like, this is disgusting. I literally have like pea soaked (laughs) strips of paper in my like closet. Like why do I have, I was like so obsessed that like I, so I did one like the little strip and then I was like, ah, I wasn't positive. And I like looked in the trash can like a few hours later. And I was like, <laughs> like looking at it like very intensely. I was like, hold on. So then I was like, I got to do another one. I got to do another. And then it was positive. So it was wild. It was, but like, I don't, I wouldn't recommend. I know it's like when you're trying to get pregnant, it's like that. But like mm-hmm. all the negatives mean nothing like when you're leading up to your period. It's yeah. Just like, you know, <laughs> it's best just to test out like that, you know, a couple of days after your missed period, but waiting that long is like torturous. So right. um, yeah. at least wait until like your period is due or like a day before, but um, right. yeah, I tested yeah. like eight or nine days post ovulation, which is just like yep. stupid early. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I like dehydrated myself. So I would have like yeah. the most concentrated pee I ever possibly oh, yeah. could. In the morning. It's just the, like- um, yep. Oh yeah. First thing in the morning, I didn't drink water. I mean, I normally don't really drink water at night anyway, but I like didn't yeah. drink water all night on per, like just stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Real. So how was your pregnancy? Um. Okay. So whew, I went from being like, so I would say like my normal weight is like 130. And then like, um, I've done, I did CrossFit for like four years. Um, and at that point, like I was like competing in like the open and I was like 170 pounds of like pure muscle. Okay. <laughs> so like, it was wild going from like having like a full six pack to like, Whoa, all of a sudden I'm putting on a weight and my body put on weight very fast when you were pregnant. Um, yes, okay. correct. Yeah. So like my body changed just so fast. Like I would say, I think we got our pictures done at like 16 weeks. Cause I looked so pregnant already. Like it was oh. wild. Yeah. So, um, I was very fortunate. Like I wasn't, I had food aversions, which were like, I didn't like avocados, which is wild. Cause avocados are so good. Um, so like, I didn't like that. Like I didn't, I'm a vegetarian. So, um, like my husband eats meat though, but like with his meat around, it was like disgusting. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, like I didn't really have nausea. I had like, didn't, I didn't throw up at all. It was wild. Um, so my first trimester, um, I did get COVID though at week six, which was really stressful. Cause like, I don't know, I'm just, I'm like such a anxious person that like, you're already like hoping just to get to the second trimester. Um, and so like when I got COVID, it was just like, like, I didn't like, I changed so much when I got pregnant, like. I like made sure my shampoo didn't have anything bad in it and then my body wash and we filtered our water and like um like it's like I went to my brother's house and he was painting and I was like we're leaving like (laughs) so um I just changed so much just like everything that I was consuming or that I was like using was just um just about like the baby and so I like didn't want to take a Tylenol or anything but like you get a fever you have to and so that it was a rough go just because I didn't know if I was tired for my first trimester or if I was tired because of COVID, but it was brutal. Like those, those few weeks were brutal. And, um, 
but yeah um and I think I gained like all my weight my first <laughs> first wow. trimester yeah I think I I went from like 168 to 215 was the end of my pregnancy wow. most people it's the opposite you know you gain like everything in that last trimester that's how it was for mm-hmm. me at least like I my last trimester was like out of nowhere all of a sudden um yeah so it's interesting yours is kind of the opposite yeah, I for sure like my last trimester, like um, my husband took a picture of me like right before we we went into the hospital yeah. and I had gained like so much like water weight. Oh, yeah. But it looked like my face got like stung like a bee. Like my eyes were like half like shut. <laughs> like it was wild. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's amazing what this, you know, what pregnancy does to our bodies. Oh, yeah. I'm forever impressed. Like I yeah, it's that's the thing. It's like you gain weight and it's like, and it's like hard. It's, I think it's right. for sure hard. Like if you're someone who's 100%. into fitness and stuff and, and just watch, even if you're not like just watching yourself change, like you don't even recognize yourself. Mm-hmm. At least I, that's how I, Mr. It is though. It is definitely hard. I mean, whether you're into fitness or not, like yeah. every woman at some point in their lives has struggled with body image. So, oh, you know, yeah. it's something I see a lot, even with doula clients, like, especially mm-hmm. in the third trimester, they text me and they're like, I just feel so big. I feel huge. Mm-hmm. I feel gross. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really hard for sure. Yeah. Um, and I always just try to remind them, like, honestly, I, I just validate it. Like, I understand. I know mm-hmm. it sucks sometimes, but mm-hmm. it is so short lived and you're almost at the end here and it's worth yeah. it. And it, you know, it, it really is short lived because after you have the baby, a lot of that fluid comes off, you feel so much lighter even. And then oh, normally yeah. too, like, I mean, obviously it takes a time postpartum, but you know, you, you are able to get back on that, like healthy regimen and working out more and moving your body. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I lost like 30 pounds right off the bat. Like it was so fast. And it's just like, you wouldn't think and like, just, it's just like your face goes back to normal. Like it's like, I wasn't like swollen. It was just, it was so fast. And like, I think if anyone would have told me like, Oh, like it, like, it'll be fine. Like you'll be fine afterwards. (laughs) I would have been like, okay, like take a hike, but, (laughs) but it really is though. Like it's, it's wild how fast your body just changes. And, um, I guess I was surprised on how much I didn't care. Right. (laughs) Like afterwards I was like, okay, I think I like myself more now than I ever have in my life. I felt the same way. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like, you're it's it's wild because you look like I guess I feel like I look completely different like my belly is a wicker basket at this point but but like I have never been like more confident or like compared myself like less to people or like been able to even like support other people in like a different way that like before I may have been like insecure or right I love that I I love that and you know I'm sure it's not that way for everybody but I think a part of it is just like also changing how you're looking in the mirror, like, you know, and it, I don't know, for me, at least like what really helped me to feel like what you mentioned, like just loving your body more was just like respecting what my body had been through. Like, no, my body grew my daughter who I love more than anything, who is more important to me than anything in this world. So I think that honestly, that just like gave me confidence in my body, I guess. Cause I was like, how cool my body was able to literally create that. Um, I don't know that really helped me. Cause now I'm like, I have an excuse in most works. I'm like, well, I, I made that like child. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it is. It's a whole new respect for yourself. And, and honestly, like for moms in general, like I see other moms, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> no, so yes. So how yeah. were your second and third trimesters kind of leading up towards the end? Um, the 
trimester was a breeze. Um, I was really like, I would say like week like 26, I was like, okay, like come on third trimester. Like I was so ready. Yeah. Um, but then third trimester came and whew, I got pups. So I was like super itchy. Um, it was wild actually. Um, I have quite a few tattoos and they like all like, it was like, they all got aller- like an allergic reaction. It was wild. Like they were all super itchy. Um, and I was, after, I would say like after week 36, like I just like, didn't like, I, I was walking a ton. I was doing, um, I was like exercising. And then it was like after week 36, like we would do, we would try to do like three miles a day, like of walking. And like, I, <laughs> I could not, like, I was so tired. Mm-hmm. It was wild. Like it just like hit me like a train. Um, and then, so, um, yeah, I would just say like the third trimester just got like really hard. And then it was just kind of like, then you're like looking for like any sort of sign of like labor, yes. which I'm like, like checking every time you go to the bathroom. Like, did I feel like a twinge? Like, you know, just your body just starts to go through so many different like changes in preparation for birth that it's just like, um, it's wild. And I just, I feel like I did so much, like I wanted for myself, I wanted like the most like natural experience that I could. And like, I was so excited for like the experience of like, I mean, I feel like it's like, I feel like it's like a privilege to be able to birth a human. <laughs> like, um, and I think it's amazing. And I think like the amount of work that goes into it and just like the preparation and just everything. I mean, the entire pregnancy as well, but just birth specifically. And so like I was doing, like I got a doula. I listened to everything. I read everything. Like I was like 100 prepared. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then like things changed for me uh, as like the third trimester approached. So getting into that, what was, I know you said like as natural as possible, you hired a doula. What are some other things um, that you, you know, did to prepare? What were kind of your birth preferences? What were you envisioning? Actually, so one of my best friends, Alyssa, she was like, you gotta listen to this podcast. It was your podcast. Mm-hmm. And that was very early on into my pregnancy. And I was like, okay. And she was like, oh, are you doing like vitamin K? What are you doing for shots? And we were four weeks um, apart in our pregnancies. So it was really fun to experience that with her. And so kudos, we'd bounce ideas off of each other um, and we're very like-minded. And I was like, what are you talking about? Right. And so I was like, so she like sent me your podcast link. And so that like really got me started. <laughs> so um, then I started to like look into like vaccines and I started to look into like, like dates and raspberry tea and then I, I always say Ina, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's Ina Anime. Okay, Ina I read her book and then I read her breastfeeding book. And then I was like, all right, I know what I'm doing. Like, and it was, if anyone hasn't read it, they need to read it because it'll change like your whole perspective. It totally does. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's empowering. It's like, you learn so much from it. Um, but anyway, so I wanted an unmedicated birth. Um, I wanted things to go like as hands-off as possible. Um, I wanted to be in a hospital because... I am like the worst case scenario type of thinker. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like if anything were to go wrong, like I want those options, but I believe that nothing will go wrong. Right. Um, so that was, that was kind of what we did. And, and then like in the third trimester, yeah, I did like dates and everything else. And like, I did frozen dates and peanut butter. And if you haven't tried that, it's so good. I'm still eating them. That's what I did <laughs> so, too. I loved it. Yeah. It's delicious. People don't like dates. And I'm like, what? Like you see all like 
you download the apps, like what to expect when you're expecting. And everyone was like, no, they're not good. These are terrible. And I'm like, I love them. I love, <laughs> I still eat them too. So yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. Um, so yeah. So that's what I mean. As far as like preparation, like we were doing like curb walking, like, um, I mean, just walking in general, like, uh, what is it? It's kind of like a cowboy walk to try to get like your hips to shift yeah. bouncing on the ball, like everything. Um, and that's like, even like I went to such extremes, like when I was at the dentist, they were like, okay, we're going to numb your tooth. And I was like, no, like don't numb my tooth. So I was like doing like dental work on numb, like just gritting and bearing. Just, and it's like, nothing's going to happen. They tell you it's totally safe. And I'm like, yeah, but. Oh, I thought so. you meant like to prepare yourself for the pain. Cause that was <laughs> that's you're like, I'm going to get this tooth pulled without meds. Cause I'm going to birth oh the baby my. without them. Oh man, that would be that nuts. No. <laughs> I will say, I don't think I've ever said this on this podcast. I actually got Brazilians my whole pregnancy and I did it because one, I just like to have nothing down there. And obviously like I could not continue to shave. Like I just couldn't even see or know where I was going. Um, and number two, like the pain of it, I was like, okay, this is going to prepare me like for a childbirth. (laughs) So I would, I literally told my best friend, she's pregnant and, um, planning to have an unmedicated birth. And I'm like, you got to start getting Brazilians, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I remember like in my last trimester, I still figured out a way to shave. I say that, but I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Then, so. do you, did you really know? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. But like, I remember like, um, in like week 38 and 39, I was like shaving every day, just in case, just in case, That's so funny. <laughs> but you do not have to shave when you're, you know, going to go into labor, no. but some people just like to, um, yeah, it was totally just a preference. For so sure. you said that things changed, um, from what you were planning. So walk us through, you know, what came up, um, and how it changed your birth plan. Oh, um, I went to a traditional OB. Um, and I think I would do things a little bit different this time, but, um, so I live in like a pretty small town though. So there's not really plenty of options unless you're able to drive like an hour. Um, but anyways, so, um, he was at week 20, he was like very big, like in like the 97th percentile or whatever, which doesn't mean much, right? Mm-hmm. It's week 20, like who knows they can regulate or they can have a growth spurt or whatever. So, um, but I think what week was it? It's so wild. So many appointments. Um, so yeah, I think it just later on in my pregnancy, I'd say like maybe 34, 36. I don't know. It was like the, one of the last ultrasounds, I think 36 then. Um, and they were like, Whoa, he's in like the 99th percentile. And I was like, Whoa, okay. Like, and I mean, like I felt really big, but like my belly was measuring like exactly right on. So, um, and then I was like, okay, like I want like as few ultrasounds as possible. Um, like they offer like 3d and everything. And I was like, no, like just keep it as simple as possible. So, um, after that they were like, oh, like, I think my baby was like, it was, I'm trying to think what week it was like 34 or 36, somewhere between that. He was like already like seven pounds and most babies were like four pounds at that point. <laughs> so it was like wild. Um, and so they're like, okay, like, we'll just monitor at this point. And I was like, okay, like no big deal. Um, and then like each time that oh, I, then I had to get another ultrasound in like two weeks. And then he was like, oh, he was just off the charts at that point. So he wasn't even like measuring in. Um, and then I think it was week. Oh, sorry. My phone. Um, it was week 38. Um, then he was measuring like nine pounds. 
And then like at, at the very end, she started to do ultrasounds consistently because she wanted to watch to see what was going on. Um, and it wasn't like one part of him was like very big. It was like every part that they were measuring was like very large. Um, and so I was like, okay, if he's, she was like, okay, you should like start to consider a C-section at this point because like, I don't know like how it'll go or like we can try to induce you, but they won't induce until 39 weeks for a large baby. Um, and she was like, I'm really hoping that your body like recognizes that you have a big baby and you go into labor naturally at 37 weeks. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> I can't control that obviously, right. you know? So, um, but at week 38, he was like, like 11 pounds something. And she was like, okay, like, we've done so many ultrasounds, like I can totally like induce at 39 weeks if that's what you want to do. Um, I mean, we can wait, like it's like, and then like, we kind of just went over like all of the different like risk factors or different options that we had. And, and honestly, my OB was so supportive, like of whatever I wanted to do. She was that's like, amazing. we can induce, we can wait. Like, I want you to like feel empowered to, to like birth your baby how you want to and how you feel hmm. because most often your baby is born like for your body. Right. Right. And so that was really cool. Um, but our last ultrasound, yeah, he was, he was much, he was, I think like headed towards 12 pounds. He was very close to that. And, um, at that point, I think I was maybe like, uh, what, what is it? One centimeter dilated, but like, not that that tells you anything, but at that point it was like, okay, like she just was getting like a little bit worried that he would not drop. My mom had that same experience. She went into, um, labor and the baby like never really dropped into the birth canal and she had to have emergency C-section. Um, so anyways, um, so we ended up after like, <laughs> I cried forever about it. Um, it's really hard to like, let go of like an idea. And like, like I said, like, I, I really wanted like that whole birth experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but we ended up scheduling a C-section at that point. Um, so yeah, that's, and I guess, she mm -hmm. gave you, you know, the options and that's ultimately what you guys decided you felt was in best interests of both, both of you. Yeah, exactly. Like at that point, um, um, at that point it was just like, I felt that, I don't know, like, I think because I am like a worst case scenario type of thinker, like I was like, okay, like, I don't want like, not that shoulder dystocia, like always happens or anything, but like, I just like, didn't want to have to deal with that. And I was scared that like, I guess you go back and forth with these decisions and, and you can never truly know until you birth your child. Right. But, um, I just was like, I didn't want to make the decision to like birth naturally and then something happened and then I would feel like it was my fault. Right. Um, and you know what, in, in the yeah. end, like you said, like, you'll never know, you'll never know the outcomes if you would have chosen something else, but you have to just rest in knowing that, you know, you have your own maternal instinct of truly knowing what is best for your body and your baby. And at the, in the end, you know, your doctor didn't press this into you and, you know, force you into it. You guys were able to be in control and empowered and make this decision. Um, and, you know, I think that that can help, but I also understand the other side where, um, like you said, you know, you kind of mourned what you had planned. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I was, I had, my family was like so involved in our pregnancy and just like very supportive. And like, when I found out that I was going to have a C-section or like, even when things started to like head that direction, like 
because we were watching and I was like, well, you know, he can probably slow down at this point. Like you're like so far in your pregnancy, like who knows, like maybe we'll just level out here, you know? Um, and so like, but leading up to that, like I stopped like talking about it. It's like my family, like I stopped like telling people how my appointments were going. Like I just completely shut down emotionally. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I honestly, that's like, <laughs> I feel like it's like you listen to I mean I listen to so many podcasts read so many stories or whatever and it's just like it for sure feels like it's being like taken away from you and I think it's like so important and I think it's like why like I wanted to talk about my experiences because like I wanted someone else to hear like you can plan for everything and nothing go how you want it to go <laughs> um and it's like and I think that like if I would have done it differently like I would have found more joy in like in even like even having a c-section or because like in the end like you have like I mean I have like a super healthy baby and that is like the whole point right <laughs> so um but yeah I think that I would have if I did it again I would have taken more time to just like relish the joy of the fact that you're having a baby like regardless yeah it can be so easy to forget like why you're even doing it especially when you're so focused on like you know the birth plan like I mean, I see it happen all the time with like, let's say somebody's being induced and they have a pretty long induction. And then in the end, they end up deciding, you know what, um, this isn't, this is, t- this is taking longer than I planned, or I'm just not enjoying this anymore, or I would rather just have a C-section or whatever it may be. And it's so easy to get caught up in all those steps in what we envisioned and, and, and how it's not turning out that way that you almost forget like, oh my gosh, wait, even though I'm having a C-section, I'm literally about to be my baby. Like in, in the next hour. Um, it's amazing. And it can be so easy to forget why you're doing it all in the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, it's, and you're still birthing your baby. Like you are still fully, if Oh, that is so annoying. I feel like it's like harder to have a C. I mean, I don't want to say it's harder to have a C-section in a, but in a way, like it's a lot. I mean, it is in no way easier than a vaginal birth. It's not like the easy way out at all. Oh yeah. I would, I mean, I feel like I recovered super well. Um, but I think that if anyone, like anyone who's like knowing they're going to have a C-section or like, even if you don't know you're going to have a C-section, if you're going into birth, like you need to look into it in case it happens Yeah. because like my experience was just like, it was so wild. And like, you just like, don't man, there's just so much that happens like just pre-op and then like in the operating room and like all that you just, that you just like did not plan on or I guess didn't know about that. It's just like, it's extremely overwhelming. I was shaking and crying until I met my baby. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So when you made that decision, um, how was, you know, the actual C-section, how was that day? So, um, it was exciting because I had like pups and I was feeling like pretty bad at the end of my pregnancy. Like, um, I was really looking forward to like having like an end date, like it's like, okay, cool. Like we're going to have a C-section on this day. So um, he was born May 9th. Um, so I did not sleep that night. <laughs> like leading up to, we went in at like, I think 5.30 that morning. The C-section was scheduled for 7.30. So you have like a two hour um, like pre-op. And um, I was feeling like really confident until we walked in the room and I like got in bed and whatever. And then I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is wild. Um, so like me and my husband, we were, we were just like talking and they did like the IV and they put the IV like in my, like in my, my wrist, like the side of my wrist. 
and I've, I've, I've not experienced anything in a hospital before. So it was all just very wild to me. Um, and it hurt. And I was like, well, I can't be worse than that. Right. <laughs> so, um, they gave me like the IV and, um, then I got very cold. And so I don't really know if it was cold because of the IV or if I was cold, this, or I guess I was, I started to shake pretty bad. Um, and so I didn't know if I was cold because of the IV or just because like, or I was like shaking because of nerves. Um, but those two hours flew by and then they were like, okay, ready. Um, and at this point I actually canceled on my doula. Cause I was like, I guess I just was like, so disappointed that I was like, I don't need anyone's help. I got it. Like, forget it. I'm over the experience. Like we're done here. And, and honestly, like, and she told me like different options of like how she could support me. Um, but my hospital was extremely restrictive. So it was like, your husband is there for everything and no one else. Um, but like, if you were to have, um, like a vaginal birth, like you could have a doula everywhere with you. Yeah. So, um, which I get, I mean, like you, I don't want many people in the operating room. Um, so, but anyway, so we went from the room and then we went and I got like my spinal and that hurt. That was not great. Um, and the operating room was freezing. (laughs) So So cold. Yeah, it was so cold. And then they were like, they're talking to me. And um, I think the nicest person in there was like the anesthesiologist or whoever does the spinal and uh, he's talking to me and whatever. And they're doing that. And then I'm like laying on the table and you're not allowed to have your husband with you or your support person. Um, and so I was like, okay, when's he coming in? When's he coming in? Cause I just was so nervous. Yeah. So they, they don't let him in there when only when they're placing the spinal, um, just, yeah, just cause it, it's like, just cause it's a sterile procedure. They don't want like anybody extra in there, I guess is the, the mindset behind it. Um, but they're in there for epidural placements, which is also sterile. So I wish they would let people, I would <laughs> wish they would never take your partner away. I think that, you know, I don't, I don't really see how it's necessary, but yeah, and honestly, like, like no disrespect, but my nurses, the bedside manner was like not ideal. So I was just like freaking out, crying by myself. Oh like. my goodness! <laughs> yeah. So, and that would have been cool. Like the like the part of it where it's like, I'll, I'll get there. But like just like having a doula there, like for that portion of it, like right. like doulas like have experience, like they've been there. So it's not like they would like get in the way, you know. So I wish. I wish there was like a little bit of lenience, like whether they let your partner in or let a doula in would like have someone like there for the patient as well. Yeah. Because Our you feel like you're here, let doulas in the ORs, which is amazing. Oh, really? They wow. just rolled it out. Um, it's very new, like within the last three months, but it's been such a blessing and so amazing for so many people. Honestly, it would have changed my experience. Like, because my doula had participated in C-sections that were like where she could be there and yeah. Like she can do like essential oils. So you're not like smelling like any of like, like the cauterizing and she mm-hmm. could do like, I mean like you're, so anyways, I'll get there. But so it's like, we had the spinal, they let my husband in and then she was like, my doctor was talking to me and it was awesome to have her because I had the same doctor the entire time. So once she was in the operating room, it was like nice to have a familiar face. Um, and they're like, okay, what music do you want to listen to? And I'm like, I literally can't even breathe right now. Like don't <laughs> ask me what music I want to so I, uh, so they like, they checked to see if you're numb and she's like, well, I checked and you didn't say anything. So I think we're good to go. And I was like, okay. So my husband came in and, um, then it was like nice to talk to him and, um, and then like they got started and, um, 
the anesthesiologist is like, okay, they're going to start now. And he started to like talk to me about like what's happening. And I was like, I need you to stop talking to me. Like, <laughs> don't tell me what's happening. Like, it's okay. Just tell me when my baby's going to be here. You know, I just didn't want to know much. Um, yeah. And uh, so then my baby, his name is Garnet. Um, and so when Garnet was born, that was, oh, that makes me teary now. Oh. Um, so like you could just hear him cry but you can't see them for like 10 to 15 minutes okay um but he was just like crying and crying and it was like I couldn't believe like I could like hear him like after so much like and it's like you like anticipate that moment like for so long for so long nine months but it feels so long you know um and just like I've always wanted to be a mom so it's like, I've thought about it for a long time. Um, and so like, I got to hear him cry. And then I was like asking my husband about him. And so my husband got to go over and like see him. And um, they were like putting him on the warmer and like doing all his tests or whatever. Um, and then they, and then my husband got to bring him over to me. And they like put him like, um, I couldn't hold him. So he ended up being, so he was supposed to be like 11 something. He ended up being nine pounds, seven ounces, but he, um, his head was 16 inches when he was born. <laughs> so they actually, um, they had to use a vacuum in the C-section to get him out. Okay. I was going to say, you know, um, sometimes they do take him over to the warmer and stuff in C-sections. And a lot of times you can ask for that not to happen and for baby to, you know, come directly C-section directly to you. But if they use a vacuum, that is definitely why they probably wanted to look him over. Yeah, I definitely like I had, I still had like a C-section birth plan and I asked for that. And it was just like, I just think that there, the hospital that I went through was just like very strict on stuff, just super old school. And so they were like, yeah, we'll get him to you as soon as possible. And I'm like, okay thanks <laughs> yeah I know it was yeah it was very frustrating um but yeah and like I, they don't like no one tells you either like so they I didn't get to see it but from what my understanding is is like they push like on your stomach like have them come out that is like an enormous amount of pressure on your chest holy cow <laughs> I was just not expecting well that at and all. I'm sure that they were struggling you know to get your baby right. out um so yeah I've seen it to where they're like literally cl- like cl- climbing on top of somebody and then end up yeah in the vacuum yeah that's like what happened like my husband was like there was literally a nurse like on top of you just like full body weight like and I was like whoa wild because <laughs> I was like you could just hear me like on the other side of the curtain I was like <laughs> yes you like grunt you're like oh like yeah like I could not breathe yeah so then I think that was I think the second attempt is when they used the vacuum which I didn't like I remember like part of like my uh, original birth plan I was like if they have to use a vacuum we're doing c-section I got a c-section they still have to use a vacuum but so anyways his um so yeah what is 16 inch head is like three months old or something so he had a big head and uh he's I mean he's already 14 pounds and we're like uh, he was 14 pounds at I think his maybe a week and a half ago so oh my gosh I know so like around like four to five weeks yes yeah so he's grown like a weed so Um, what is he like the nine over the 99th percentile I'm assuming yeah. So yeah. So he was only born nine pounds, seven ounces. And then, um, he was 21 inches long. Um, 
And so, yeah, so they, so eventually they, my husband got to bring him over and I got to like have him like on like my cheek and there really wasn't a lot of room there. Like, I don't like, and honestly, I was shaking so bad at that point that like, I don't know like what I would have been able to do. Um, it was cool. They like, like a nurse recorded like the whole thing for us, like oh. the experience of meeting him and everything. So that was amazing. Um, and then afterwards, like as soon as it takes a while to be stitched up, I think it was like 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, so they had him with me. Um, and then as we walked away or as we didn't, I didn't walk anymore. <laughs> I'm like, dang girl. <laughs> as we like rolled into the recovery room, then like I, they put him on my chest, like as soon as possible. And then I did get to, um, try to breastfeed, um, and I mean, it, it went well for a first time mom. I was like, I, I was talking to the nurse. I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> I was like, hello? No one told me. Yes. So. That's what they're there for to teach you though. <laughs> yeah, yes, no one exactly. does. They're like, yeah, you can try. And I was like, okay, but how? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then like once we were in the recovery room, like it like, it, it like all calmed down, you know, and it's like, I had him and that was yeah I think yeah I think you can like try to think of like what it'll be like forever and then like once you meet your kid it's like unexplainable like what like what are they gonna look like what are they gonna sound like and then they're just there and you're like what yeah (laughs) how'd you get here I had nine months to prepare and I still don't know I said this on Instagram before, but I was like, isn't it so insane that we grow these babies for nine months, literally like inside of us knit together, every single piece of their being every single cell. And we don't even know what they look like. Like, I was like, that's weird. Like I literally created her, but I have no idea what she looks like. Like I thought that. And then when I birthed, I'm like, this is so weird that you've been with me for nine months, but I've never actually like seen your face. So crazy. I think, um, faith, it's like a really big part of my life. And I think like, it's, it's like the opportunity to like create with God. And that's like, like, wow, like what a blessing. Um, and that was like, yeah, it was amazing to meet him. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, as far as like, like my recovery was amazing. Like I, I think that I was so preoccupied, but like, I felt like I had never had surgery. Like I was like up and walking the next day. Like I only ended up taking like, uh, what did they give you? Ibuprofen, like 800. Mm -hmm. I think they give you Toradol the first day. Yeah. But so I never had to take like narcotics, which was, I didn't want to because like breastfeeding. Um, but yeah, and then it was like, um, I guess like postpartum, like staying in the hospital was terrible for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like honestly, my birth experience is wild <laughs> in comparison to what I thought it would be. Um, yeah, I thought like, um, I couldn't sleep. Like I didn't want to sleep and I couldn't sleep. Like I couldn't let go of, like, I just needed to just be him and, like, make sure he was okay. Yeah. Um, and so I could not sleep, like, like my whole hospital stay. Like, I'd, like, I'd be, like, holding him, like, my eyes, like, half splinted. And my husband would be, like, okay, I'm taking the baby. Like, <laughs> just because I was, like, falling asleep. And um, he had, they had me, do, or I had to have, I didn't want to do any sort of, um, like, the only thing that I wanted to be done in the hospital was vitamin K. Um, and so... Um, but his blood sugar was very low for like, he was a big baby and they checked that, um, they checked after they let me, um, try to breastfeed, which was awesome. That was nice of them. Um, so, um, but he was low. So they did, they had a couple of different options, which I thought was really cool because, um, 
I guess I didn't know about them, but like they have like the gel and then they have like obviously like formula or breast milk. And they also have donor milk now at this hospital, which was nice. Um, but they just did like a gel, which was cool because that way you're not like introducing anything, but like your breast, right? So they did like this, the gel with him. And then um, he had like a touch of jaundice, nothing wild. Okay. Um, and so, but I feel like no one really prepares you for like the amount of times that they come in and like prick your baby's heel to like check everything is like wild. And I guess maybe I, I, so many people told you like, or told me like, oh, like postpartum is crazy. Like you'll be very like hormonal. You'll be like very different or like emotional. And I was like, okay guys, like I've been hormonal through my whole pregnancy. Like I got it. But like my experience postpartum was like debilitating. Mm. Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I would say day one was fine. Answer. Um, day one was fine. And then it was like day two and day, well, I got to go home day two, but, um, it was like, I had <laughs> debilitating anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I, like it felt like, like physically for me, like it felt like I could like explode. Like I could not handle anything. Like I was just so concerned about him. Like I, I, I can't even explain to you like why I had it. And I think it's just like hormones. And I mean, sleep deprivation too you know oh yeah so much there is so much yeah and like and it's like I felt in the hospital environment or the oh my um in the hospital environment that I was in it just was like everything was so maybe like not gentle enough for what I was hoping (laughs) right so I had um it's like all the heel pricks, especially like with blood sugar. And then it's like, the, it's like, he wasn't like bleeding fast enough. So it's like, they're pricking him again. And then it's like, um, we opted to have like circumcision. And so like, then there's like that. And then it's like, then he had like jaundice and they, I guess it just felt like everything was an emergency in the hospital. We're yeah. like, looking back, I'm like, okay, like it really wasn't an emergency. It just felt um, like almost like rushed maybe and not super like compassionate and calm. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay like your milk's not coming in well you lost a lot of blood so what are you gonna do and it's like well what am I gonna do I don't know like so it was like okay um I had a nurse overnight who she was like the one person I really enjoyed um and she was like listen we're gonna figure it out like we're not doing donor milk we're not doing anything like you're gonna we're gonna do it (laughs) and I was like okay so she did um she had me like pumping and feeding like as much as possible like constantly um and my milk came in really fast and (laughs) very hard after that (laughs) so um we ended up being able to leave the hospital and he never had to have like donor milk or anything and that was a blessing for sure she was a blessing um yeah so that was cool but I just everything in the hospital I just thought was so yeah like rushed and not as yeah. And it's like, looking back, I'm like, okay, none of those things like were emergencies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like as a first time mom, maybe that's like, like where, like my, like, I guess my feelings are coming from too, just cause like, you don't know and you don't expect it to be that way. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know? Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I totally know what you mean, how it can just seem, you know, like rush and everything's like, well, we got to get his blood sugar up right now. And then the jaundice right now. And then your milk's not coming in how we want it to right now. And and then his weight loss and your blood loss. And it's a lot of 
stuff that I think, you know, if we just sit back and waited a little bit more, you know, would work itself out. Like your milk came in. Okay. So then his blood sugar was fine. And once he was eating more, he was pooping more. So his jaundice was also fine. Like sometimes it just takes some time. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, and that's the thing, like, maybe like, I feel like that should be like, Hey, like, so normally this is all going to be fine. And like, this is typically what happens if it doesn't we'll, like, we'll go and like, at, yeah, right. Where before, but like, that's not how it is. It's like, this is an emergency right now. And so it's like, you're like, Oh my gosh, my baby's here. Like, and I can't like provide for my baby and now my baby's like yeah. sick and you're just like, Whoa. And it just like spirals. And then our second day, first day, first or second day there, the pediatrician came in. I only spent two days there. I think it was the first night. The pediatrician came in to like check him and everything like again. And they're like, oh, he looks really good. Um, But also his head is big and he needs to have an ultrasound done to his brain. And I was like, Uh. like, what? So yeah. And I think that's really like, like, I think I would have gone to like the baby blues anyways, but that like jump started them. Right. So I was like, okay, like, like what does that mean and his I think that was like the coldest person I had met in the hospital like his bedside manner was just terrible he just like gave me like all of the scenarios of like what he's like there could be like extra fluid blah 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 and I was like okay um like I I guess I don't know what to do and it's like I'm still in the hospital for another day and they're not going to do it at the hospital they want me to go like they want me to see my pediatrician and then my pediatrician is going to send me to a specialist Mm. so I'm like okay so I think did just, y'all end up having that done? Yes, we did. And he's totally fine. Okay. I assume so. <laughs> You're like, oh <laughs> yeah, no, he is totally fine. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, hi. Um, so yeah, it just was like, like, that's what I'm just saying. Like everything was just so extreme. Like my husband has a big head. Like I wouldn't say I have right. like, a very small head. Like it's like, you know, and I mean like, and it's not like it was like, he's a big baby. Right. It's not like it was like a tiny baby with this ginormous head. His head probably matched the rest of him. Yeah. So it was just like very wild, like to think this, yeah. like just that mentality was like the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so then when I got home, it was like, I had like a week before that appointment and I had to like fight so hard to even find an appointment like that soon, like with a specialist. Right. Um, and so it just was like thing after thing after thing. And it just was like, so then when I got home, I just felt like very out of control. Right. I think that's like where, I think we spend so much time on our birth plans and how that's going to go. And I think we, I think we just need to trust our body, move forward, focus on postpartum. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. Um, and I mean, now being six weeks out, how are you feeling? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, um, anyone who experiences it the way I did, um, I would say like, know that in two weeks, it'll start to feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, because for those first two weeks, like I was crying all the time. Um, I was like, I like just the anxiety was like crippling. Like when nighttime would come, like, it just felt like scary to me. I don't know why. Um, but it just was like, okay, maybe just like more alone, you know, cause you're like waking up and and I mean, like my husband would wake up with me because he knew like what I was dealing with. Um, but um, I would say like after two weeks, like it just things start to like brighten up and you start to see like more of like what reality is rather than like what like your emotional world is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now that I'm six weeks, like, wow, what a world of a difference. Like life is okay. <laughs> life is beautiful. <laughs> yep. Um, 
So it, it definitely is hard, especially those first two weeks. Um, I swear the sun would set and like, I would like, my mind would just yep. go somewhere. Like I just felt crazy and would cry yeah. and nothing was wrong, but the sunset. And I, I think it's just like the anxiety of the nighttime. I don't know. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. But that is exactly what it's like. It's like nighttime would hit and it's like, like I wouldn't, like I was not sleeping during the day because mm-hmm. I was so scared that it was going to be nighttime faster. Yeah. Like he looks like he's like praying right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see him. He literally, he's like, I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> that was yeah. so cute. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's the thing. So it's like, and it's like, you need, you have to sleep. Like when your baby sleeps, right. You say that. Yes. And it's, and it's very hard. Like I get it. Cause I'm, I was someone who, I mean, I fought it tooth and nail, but if I went back and did it again, like sleep helps like regulate your emotional world, right. like helps regulate everything. And so like, I'm serious. You have to, you have yes. to sleep. Um, and I did not. And it just made things like exponentially worse. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so it just, yeah, I just was not, I was not planning on that. I was not expecting what, like, what that would feel like. Um, none of it. So. Yeah, I, I totally, you know, you, you can't, the, the, you can't control anything. And that's, that's the hardest part about, about birth and pregnancy in general. It, I mean, it can be just such a roller coaster. You never can predict the things that are going to happen. And, you know, I think the most important thing in general, like the best, the best part of anything is like you still maintaining that sense of empowerment and control in a way to where like you got to make the decisions. Like, yes, you know, your birth plan completely changed, but you still felt empowered to have that option. Like your doctor wasn't like, Hey, your baby's big. We're scheduling a C-section. Your doctor was like, Hey, your baby's measuring a little bit big. Here are risks. Here's, you know, our options. Mm -hmm. Um, here are risks with each option. And she let you choose. And that's the most important thing when it comes to birth that you know, we can't control is just you still feeling empowered and like you are making the decisions that are best while presented with, you know, evidence-based information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, I think it's also like important. Like, it's like, like looking back, I am glad that I went like the route that I did go Mm -hmm. just because like, I mean, it was hard to get them out in a section, you know? Um, And so I'm glad that we went that route, but I think it's important to know that like, (laughs) his head was measuring big. So like he was measuring 11 pounds and he was nine pounds, seven ounces. And I think that like, I mean, if you, if you do your research, like ultrasounds are off. Yes. Sure. And it's like, it's not like a, it's pretty consistently off um, yes. in, in both directions, you know? So I think it's important to, to like recognize that too. Um, yeah. And just you, make those decisions. Yeah, for sure. They definitely definitely can be a lot of room for error for those. I usually tell people like not to give it all the weight in the world because um, yeah, they can totally be plus or minus, you know, two pounds really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. Last thing, if you had to give a piece of advice for a mom, um, what would, you know, your top piece of advice be? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I would just say that like, I guess it's not like one, but just like letting go, um, letting go and just like finding joy in like whatever path like your pregnancy takes you um, would be very important. Um, the second thing would be like, um, having, having like your group of people 
or like your community or like my mom. Um, I, <laughs> I was so stubborn. I was like, mom, like, I don't need you. Me and my husband are going to be fine. Like you, whatever, you know? And I was like, I was like, you can come for three days and then you can go. My mom lives in Tennessee. I was like, you can come for three days to Ohio. And then I want just two weeks just with my husband and then you can come back and help me when he goes back to work. He had, he only had two weeks off work. Yeah. Um, and she was like, okay. She took a week off anyways. Right. And uh, my, my mom stayed with me for a month because <laughs> I needed like, that's amazing. It was amazing. And I think that it's just so important to have your community. Like our church yeah. was food for two weeks. Like oh. it was amazing. Um, like having, having people like you can, you can truly rely on and like making sure those people you were like so comfortable with, like no one that you'd ever want to entertain or feel like they're at yes. your home. <laughs> um, but just like finding those people preparing for postpartum to know like what it's going to be like actually. Um, and then just, yeah, just like letting go. And that's hard, especially for like a type A personality. Yes. <laughs> Like, I think like the stigma behind C-sections is so annoying. I can't even tell you. I, yeah. You know what? Like we talked about at the beginning of this, like it is still birthing a baby. It is, if you know, in no way, shape or form any easier at all than a vaginal birth. Um, it still takes so much work out of you, energy out of you. You still grew that baby for nine months and you still birthed it. So in the end, you know, there's, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that. There's got to be more. Someone calls it a a belly birth. Yes, I love that. Yeah, me too. And I think there should be like more, like more talk about it. Just Mm -hmm. like there's just so much you can't control, and to for anyone to feel like, like to feel like like they weren't enough because they went through that like scenario is just like nothing that I want for anyone. Yeah, yeah, I I I totally agree with you. Well, Takara, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for um, sharing your birth story. And he's been great through this whole thing. He's just hanging out. <laughs> I know. Yeah. He's been fighting. Um, he's, I just found out he's milk and soy. Um, he has milk and soy allergies. And so he has been like not sleeping for like three weeks. And we're finally like hitting like a over the speed bump here. So I'm like, now he's sleeping all the time. And I'm like, is this what it's supposed to be like? <laughs> yeah. Um, I went through the same. And when I finally cut out, um, dairy and soy, I had a different baby. I mean, she was so fussy, so gassy. Um, I think I talked about it in my, like one of the updates I did postpartum, but, um, I cut out dairy and soy and within a few weeks, like I had a literal different baby. It was amazing. Yeah. I think we're on day five and it's already like drastically different wow that's amazing yeah it was so wild like the yeah the amount like it I'd cut out like wheat milk and peanuts not wheat sorry milk peanuts and eggs thinking like that would help and then they were like no soy too and I'm like okay so I cut soy and it's been like sleep has been cool that's amazing (laughs) well I'm very happy for you because that's definitely needed (laughs) yeah Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for chatting with me and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.